Okay, I just got a nose ring. <laughs> so. No, you probably gotta go to the... I don't have no paper towel to do nothing. Anyways, I just got a nose ring. Oh, you know why I'm bleeding? Because I'm drinking wine. Really? That's supposed to happen? Oh my gosh. You think this works? Yeah, I mean, you can't have a piercing and drink. I don't think that's real. I got a lot of piercings and I always have drink. I just got this yesterday. I kind of got a lot of piercings and drank the next day. Maybe your body is used to it. <laughs> but I had a hard time with this piercing. I saw you crying on live. Ah! <laughs> all right, all right. We on, we on live. We are on my real podcast right now. So we got to stop playing, Taya. Come on. Okay. All right, so like I said, I have my homegirl, Taya, here. Uh, she went to Mississippi Valley State University with me. I did. Big facts. B State. Trust me, that's one of the best schools in the land. It is. It is. We had a great time in Valley. We were standing on top of RVs. We were standing on top of stages. We were standing on top of the, in the club. We were jumping off the monkey bars. We were swinging on the pole. We were doing story. We were standing up. We had fun. We turned up and we cannot wait to homecoming. So shout out to Mississippi Valley State University. Period. We cannot wait to homecoming. Of course, me and Ty, you're going to be in homecoming. I'm going to be there. Facts. And you might see me scrolling through doing, ooh, ooh. Period. Because the Deltas, baby. <laughs> will be outside. Period. Then COVID has slowed down. Are you happy about that? I am extremely happy about COVID slowing down. But yeah. I could I could go back into quarantine. If they could just give me like one month of like quarantine again. She didn't go back to quarantine. I could use their reset. She probably said it for a reason. But if you're <laughs> on here and you're supporting us, please, 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 please share this because finally your girl Khadija Bun is back in her podcast studio. Period. Finally, after dealing with burnout, guys, Burnout is serious. It's serious. I dealt with it. I, like I, I, I can't keep saying how happy I am that I'm even. I'm even sitting right here right mm-hmm. now. I have not seen my podcast studio in probably how many months? Five or six? Five months? I have. Remember when I first opened this side? Yeah. I was in here almost every weekend. It was like six months ago when I first started. Oh my gosh! Yeah, six months ago. I haven't been in my podcast studio in about six months, y'all. Because of burnout. Mm-hmm. If you're on here, share this. This is going to help a lot of people. And um, first, we're going to start off with talking about what is burnout. Okay. So, Taya, from your point of view, what do you think burnout is? Um, burnout just looks like you running out of what if, what feels like energy. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with me and where I'm at right now, because I think I'm kind of experiencing burnout in the moment. So it's crazy that we're having this conversation. It looks like almost like running out of gas. Like you're driving in your car, you know the destination that you're trying to get to, but you never stop to get gas. Mm -hmm. It's like you really have the intention to get there, but you can't put in the effort that's required to get there. Right. It's almost like you're at a standstill, even though you know you're supposed to be moving. Right. Hi, Chris. Look at Chris. Chris is from MVSU as well. So Tanya just gave you gave her definition of burnout. And like I said, if you're on here, please share this. So I'm going to talk about my definition of burnout and, and what it is from a different standpoint. Burnout is not being able to deal with tasks that you love on a daily basis. So for instance, um, if you love art, you won't be able to paint anymore. Mm-hmm. If you love your job, you won't be able to go anymore. Um, you want you don't want to get out of the bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you don't want to talk to people. You don't have the energy to do anything. Hi, Rashanti. You don't have the energy to even help anyone anymore. Your mental capacity is completely gone. It's depleted. And it feels like that you are not... Um, you're not dealing with reality. It doesn't feel real. It does. It feels like you're just existing. Yeah. And that's what I just experienced as well. Um, so we can talk about how does burnout happen. Uh, I feel like burnout happens when you're just not taking care of yourself. Mm. Burnout happens when you're putting more energy into other things than you're putting into taking care of you because you just start to like run out of energy for mm. very normal things. Like mm. I love skating. But ever since I've started to, I've started to feel the symptoms of burnout. I don't skate like I used to. Mm-hmm. I find myself going to work and coming home, and that's all that I seem to do. All the normal things that I enjoy, mm-hmm. it just seems very secondary because I have to put all of the energy that I have left into doing the things that are required. Required to take care and of I yourself. I don't have time to do anything outside of required. And you know what? You need time to love. You need time to reward yourself. And that's how burnout happens mm-hmm. when it's a lack of reward. Yeah. I could say that my burnout started, um, really started last year when I graduated with my master's. First off, I, I didn't, I didn't really struggle to get through my master's study, but it was something that I wanted so bad. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't struggle. It's just, it took a lot of brain power to get through that moment. Mm-hmm. So here I am battling, 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 battling to get through these moments and all the brain power to become the person that I really want to become. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it gets to that chance. It's time to graduate. Yeah. I was like, woosa, woosa. And I was already on the tail end because honestly, a lot of African-Americans in general, we face a lot of stuff in our lifetime that um, makes us have to, women, to become very independent. Yes. So. Ooh, that's a whole nother conversation. Right. So from dealing with independence and then wanting to work so hard to get these master's degrees just to prove people wrong, to prove people wrong, to prove people wrong, because that's another part of burnout as Mm -hmm. well. I finally got to graduation. And then I was like, finally, I can celebrate something that I've truly wanted all my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And when it's t- it was time to have my graduation party, I spent $2,000 on that graduation party. That's how bad I wanted to celebrate. That all the people was telling me, you're not going to be this, you're not going to become this. Um, not growing up with a father in my life. Dealing with all those tough situations, and I was like, okay, it's time to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened, Taya? My party didn't last 30 minutes. Because of a fight that happened down the street. Imagine how I felt. Mm-hmm. So instantly, here I am. I just sit there and I just start crying. Like, I've worked so hard to get to this moment. And now it just vanished before my eyes. Right. I can't even celebrate. There's no reward. There's no reward. That's how burnout happens. I felt there was no reward for this. First off, I'm going to school online. Mm-hmm. I didn't travel all the way to where my school was to go to graduation. Then it was COVID. So it was an online graduation. And here I am with no reward. And that hurt me to the core. Mm-hmm. Ever since after that moment happened, I felt nothing really mattered anymore. My house was never clean. Yes. I can tell you now, the graduation decorations that I had, they're still in my house. They're not hung up. But I had this grad stand and it stood there for months. I was stuck in the trance. I was stuck in that moment saying, like, I never had a chance to celebrate how hard I've worked to get to this moment. And I felt like no one cared. 
That's how I feel. I felt like nobody cared, Taya. Nobody cared. And that's when the burnout really started to happen. It, it was emotional burnout, too. Mm-hmm. So I had both. I had work burnout and emotional burnout. So then it was like, okay, I'm going to throw another party. And here I am getting burnt out again because I'm trying to plan and throw another party. And it was like, it hurt me to the core. I just, it got to the point to where I started teaching. And on top of that, I was owning multiple businesses. And I just could not stop crying. At a drop of a pen, I cried. I hated my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to hate my life. Um, I started to hate everything around me. And I couldn't get back. You know how I used to paint all the time online? Mm-hmm. When the last time have you seen me paint? It's been a minute. It's been a long time. <laughs> so the stuff that I really love to do, Taya, like, I I really stopped. I really stopped doing it. I really stopped doing it. Like, I stopped taking care of myself. My nails used to always be done. Hair always done. Burnout is something that's really serious. And then on top of that, you got to find ways to cope with it. So I started drinking more. Mm-hmm. It was more and more and more and more liquor. Because you end up in like this perpetual state of yes. like being down. Being down. And you need something to like lift you up right. because you can't do it yourself. Right. And then like you like, who can I turn to? Because here I am the person that helped people cure, treat, treat depression. And how can I turn to somebody and say, hey, I'm depressed right now? Because that's what it got to, Tanya. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I was in a relationship that was not good for me. And you remember yes, when I was I talking? I do recall. <laughs> I remember. What the fuck up? <laughs> I was in a relationship that wasn't really good for me, but you know, he came at the time that it started. So whatever felt good to me at that moment, that's what I reached and grabbed for. Mm-hmm. So maybe a lot of red flags I disregarded. Because it felt good to me at that moment. And because, all you want to do is feel good when you feel bad all the time. Right. Because nothing ever felt good. And I was like, finally, I'm at the top of my career. I have a master's in clinical psychology. That's one of the highest masters in psychology. And I can't celebrate it. So then I found myself. I promise you. I, I promise you. I found myself celebrating every little thing that came across Every little thing. Mm -hmm. I don't give a damn if I pass a class. I celebrated it. Because I wanted to feel something. Because I stopped feeling. And it don't matter what I accomplished. Because after that, I accomplished something else after the master's. I got my my license in suicide intervention. As an instructor. To teach police officers. To teach communities. To teach mental health clinics. How to stop people from committing suicide. I didn't even feel that. That's big. It is. So it's like I couldn't feel nothing. I had no feeling. So every little thing, I tried to celebrate every little thing that came about. It didn't feel big enough. And nothing felt big enough. Not to feel like the hole that had already been created by burnout. Right. Nothing felt good to me for months. And I have been dealing with this for I was dealing with this for a minute and it and, and it really like tore a hole in me to be honest. So like I'm here to talk to you guys about burnout today because it's serious and a lot of us deal with it. Like college students deal with it. At that like and then it spirals into depression so easily if you don't know how to deal with it. When I mean tell you depression, it hit me. And I dealt with depression before, so I knew how it felt. Mm -hmm. But it hit me again in a different way. Very different way. And that's why I tell people, depression is really not curable. 
because no one is exempt from it because grief can come anything can come you can get depressed something has to onset depression something has to onset it so like it's just like having a common cold. It's right. Like the virus is always there. It's always there. But if you go outside in the cold, right. then now you're coughing. And it's like, as therapists and as people, we gain the skill. You have to gain skill to not deal with depression. To know how to deal with depression. Mm-hmm. So I had the skill, but that don't mean it wasn't there. So, like, um, I found myself sleeping on the couch for days and days and days. When it got to the point to where I couldn't even wash dishes, that's when I knew I was tired. Um, you, me, um. I'm living it right now. I like, wrote a poem and it went like mildly. A few oh people saw gosh. it on TikTok, but it was like everybody at work is just smiling at me. Everybody at work just wants things from me. Everybody just expects me to produce. It's eight DoorDash bags on my bedroom floor. Right. There's dishes that have been in my sink for, for two months, weeks. for weeks. And I months, have like, clothes that are still in my washing machine that haven't made it to the dryer. Right. Like people don't understand the stuff that's happening in the background because. To go back to what you were saying about being independent, as an independent black woman, you're required to produce. You're required. But no one else is going to do it. Nobody else is going to do it for me. And Nobody's you already expect it. me not to be able to. Right. So mm-hmm. I have to tell all the naysayers, regardless of what's going on, I can still move forward. But then when you're doing it, when you're just pushing, when you're just moving, you forget about all the important stuff that got you to, to this moment. Point. You can't live in the moment. You yeah. can't. And, you know, that's another thing that produces burnout, too. Naysayers. I was I, I was on this. It's like I couldn't live in a moment of, okay, I need to relax for a minute. But I was on this trail to where I would cover up my pain and hurt that people. I've always been like that. Mm-hmm. I would cover up pain and hurt with work. And it was just making it worse. Now, here I am opening this business, this business. It's a distraction. You, you sat down with me and I said, I have too many businesses, Taya. I said, the money is great, mm-hmm. but it's too much. Because when you're putting all your attention into that, what you're actually just doing is dissociating. You're mm-hmm. finding a way to not deal with what's going on in the moment. So you're always moving, you're always moving, but then you sit down and you realize, That's dang. Right. Like when said, you... Mm-hmm, keep going. When you sit down at home, when you make it away from the day when you've been performing mm-hmm. for eight hours and right. then you sit in your bed you're like dang like mm-hmm. i've been distracted all day but now that i'm not distracted what are these feelings like what is all of this stuff that's bubbling up it's crazy and i can't deal with it because yeah. i'm sitting here by myself looking at four and walls and it's like you think oh I'm, i got this this high degree in psychology on this person but you can't put your finger on what's wrong with mm-hmm. you and it's not that you you couldn't and rashanti said you're bottling everything up and it's not just you couldn't put your finger on what's wrong with it's you. It's more than one thing wrong at the you, same time. You're covering up what's wrong with you because you have to put on this persona to be Ooh. this great woman. Yes, and, this and great person, like, this perfect person. That's something I definitely struggle with. Right. Perfectionism is so hard because mm-hmm. we've been taught this, just do it. Regardless of how you feel, regardless of what's going on, just do it. And that builds a level of perfectionism within a person that's hard to reach all the time. It's hard to just be like, it's okay. I'm going to just do it regardless. Mm -hmm. But you're continuously feeling like that. And you don't feel like you ever get the time to sit down, to breathe, to stop, to think. Right. Because they're always expecting something else. expecting something. And I don't think I wanted to be a perfectionist. I never wanted to be that. It's just I wanted to, to know that I had the strength to press forward. Yes. And it got to the point to where I lost strength. I lost all of my strength. Like, I got sick. And I rarely get sick. I caught COVID. And um, 
I re- like I said, I rarely get sick. I mean, a common cold wouldn't even come across me. The worst I get is allergies because mm-hmm. I eat very healthy. I like zucchini. I like a spe- I like healthy food. I just like that kind of stuff. And like when I got sick, I caught COVID. And when I caught COVID, I caught COVID for almost two months. Mm-hmm. I lost a lot of weight. You remember that time I wasn't really talking to anyone? Mm-hmm. I lost a lot of weight. Um, it was right after my breakup too. Um, that wasn't good for me anyway. But I got really, 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 really sick. And um, it was to the point to where I couldn't breathe at night. That's how bad my COVID was. But I was kind of happy. I had to leave my job um, teaching. And then after that, I just stopped working for like six of those months. That I wasn't. It had been a year. That flew by fast, okay? Mm-hmm. That, that, that flew by fast. It had been a whole year, Taya. And out of the whole year, I only been in my studio for probably two months. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I wasn't talking to anyone. I shut everybody out. I blocked everyone. Isolation. I, I started to become really depressed. Very, very depressed. And like, I don't care what no one says. It run across everyone's mind to have those thoughts. Mm-hmm. It could like, be easier if I just didn't have to do all this. If I just went here. If I just didn't have to do nothing. I even had thoughts of, what if I just become homeless and don't do anything Ooh. anymore? Or you start picking, like, jobs that you could settle with. You, you can start settle. picking things that you That's can settle That's what I did. With. You can settle with. Like, I just do this because, enough to get by. Yeah. Because I'm so tired because I just, I'm like, fuck a degree. I don't care about that no more. I just want to get my strength back. But then I, and then God led me to the moment to where, like, hey, you need to just sit down. You need to be okay with doing nothing. And I started to realize that I was never okay with doing nothing. I was never okay with doing nothing. I always had to do something. And then it made me realize it's okay to do nothing. One thing about burnout too, if you don't watch yourself, it will lead you to a financial instability. Mm -hmm. If you don't sit your butt down and try to get your strength back, you're not going to be able to take care of yourself. So I saw myself falling off in all areas. You know, I'm big on financial stability. Mm-hmm. I'm big on mental stability. I'm big on keeping yourself up. Right. When I saw myself not even wanting to put my hair in a ponytail. Mm-hmm. Not want to brush your teeth. Don't want to shower. Putting on an outfit is a struggle. It's a struggle. That's what I said. Okay, it's time to not do nothing. It's time to just do nothing. And that's or what, at least scale back in a real way. Right. Because you'll say, I'm going to scale back, but then you continue to do exactly what you've always done mm-hmm. because you're conditioned to do that. You're conditioned to do that. So I just didn't do anything for those these last couple of months. I just, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. I didn't come to my studio. I didn't go to my shop. I didn't do anything. I just stayed home and took care of me. And when I realized that, because as a psychology professional, as a mental health professional, we always take care of others. And I knew where my love was at. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that the only way that I'm going to get over this is to stay true to what I love, and that is being financially stable, that is helping people, that is wanting to be a, a great person. When I, when I knew to stay true to what I love, that's when I said, okay, it's time for me to do nothing. So I got rid of stuff that didn't matter. 
a lot of stuff that didn't matter I got rid of. I think that's a big difference in like us as a generation of people too. Since we take so much pride in our mental health and we care mm-hmm. so much more about our mental health, right? We realize and we prioritize what matters. Mm-hmm. In my job right now, um, there's like this idea that if a person is at a job and they're professional, they should be able to handle you any kind of way that they want to. Mm-hmm. But at a certain, at what point do you start to realize that if you let other people disrespect you, that you in turn disrespect yourself? And that's a part too, work hostility. So mm-hmm. my thing is. If I if you can't communicate effectively, mm-hmm. then at what point do I choose me and say that I cannot maintain this type of work relationship with you just for money? If it's being detrimental to my mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like I'm experiencing right now. Like, not necessarily that I'm being talked to drastically. Right. But that I um <laughs> not that I'm being talked to like really badly. Oh my god. But like I'm done. The fact that I think that there should be a certain volume, a certain tone, a certain cadence oh, girl, when they're speaking. Me. When you're speaking to a person. Oh gosh. Work hostility definitely causes a certain level of burnout because if you're doing something, even if you care about it, if you are in a hostile work environment, how can you continue to thrive? You can't thrive. And you know, when I was a teacher too, when I was teaching, I was in a very hostile work environment. Like it was, it was, it was, it was, re- it really wasn't good at all for anyone mentally. I mean, one thing too, not just as black women, sometimes black women, we are our biggest um, enemies and critics. So like I was really young as a teacher, like I was 22, 23. And you know, usually when we were younger and we was in school, our teachers were old. Yeah. They was like in their their late 20s. Um some of my teachers were in their 40s. 40s. And 50s. Yeah. So like when you get here and, and you're this bright person and you're this person that's shining and you love what you do, people come and try to knock you down. Snow for mm-hmm. all of the flame out of your face. Right. And and no matter how how uh, great you think you are, how great you think these people are, no matter what it is, like they're coming to just knock. They have to dim your light because their light isn't as bright as yours. Right, and that's the type of stuff I was dealing with as well. So like I had women at, at my job, at my job, yelling at me to the top of their their lungs. Like I still have the videos of it. Like um, telling me um, I'm not good at my job. I'm not good at what I do. Like, I have the videos of it. Um, um, telling me I need to do better. And my kids love me at my job. Like, I did a good job as a teacher. I love children. But that's the type of stuff I was dealing with. And, like, it just... it just. How can you expect a person to be motivated in that type of environment? It was terrible. It was no reward anywhere. Like, I didn't have a reward at work. I didn't have a reward at home. I didn't have a reward in school. Then there's this idea that, like, no matter how good I am or how much effort I put into something, it doesn't matter because, ultimately, I'm only going to be reinforced negatively. Right. All the time. And I think it was three ways there. It was no reward at school. No reward. Four ways. No reward at home. Wait, three. Right. No reward at work. No reward at home. No reward in school. Four ways. And no reward um, as a black woman. Because we get beat down a lot as black women, too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you just want to be successful because of this. You're not submissive. You're not with that. No reward in your relationship because you're getting cheated on. Mm-hmm. You're getting talked to badly. Someone is not putting as much effort as they should into the relationship. It was terrible. 
So then um, that's how my burnout happened. It was so much coming at me at one time to the point to where I didn't have a choice but to do nothing. Or I was going to, I was really going to take myself down a road that I should not take myself on. So it got to the point, like I said, to where I didn't have a choice but to sit down and do nothing. And sometimes we have to be okay with sitting down and doing nothing. Scaling back. Sometimes it feels like you got to keep pushing forward, but sometimes you have to scale back. You got to scale back. And I had a problem with that because I was like, if I stop, that was my main issue. If I pause, I ain't going to never be able to play again. If I pause, I wouldn't have nothing. Because who going to pay my bills? Nobody. Who going to take care of me? Nobody. Who going to do it? Because you grow up being not dependent on anyone. Yeah. So if I was like, if I don't keep going, I won't have anything and then it's like emotional have, re, being required to be emotionally independent mm-hmm. just makes you feel the need to be like physically independent when you're older yes and that causes burnout that causes burnout and i just want women um who's listening in all areas to understand like it's okay to be to sit down and get yourself together because if you don't do that you're gonna have a hard time Sometimes you got to take a step back to be able to take a step forward. Yeah. But a lot of times people have this path in their head. Mm -hmm. And like, if I don't keep taking steps forward, I'm not going to ever make it. Right. Sometimes if you don't take a step back, you can't take the extra step forward. Right. And that's what I had in my head. I was like, I'm never going to make it if I stop. If I stop, I'm not going to get anywhere. And it's like, I didn't have a choice. So then we're going to go into uh, how to prevent this from happening. For one, the emotional part, zero tolerance with people. It's zero tolerance. It don't matter if they're your family members. Mm-hmm. It don't matter if it's someone you love so dearly, who you've been loving. Mm-hmm. It don't matter if it's coworkers. Zero tolerance. Because emotional burnout happens faster in women than it does in men. Zero tolerance for people. And I had too much tolerance. I tolerated people too much. Don't tolerate nothing. Nobody should be able to disrespect you. Zero. Because it affects how you feel about you. Zero tolerance. I completely agree. Zero. But it's perpetuated to you in a in a way that uh-huh. if it's a job, you're just supposed to be able to deal with it. Right. Like, this happens in every setting. No. So you're just supposed to... No. I feel like that's very unrealistic. I feel like it's not too much to ask to be respected in your workspace. Zero tolerance. And that's in work, that's in home, that's in everything. It's not too much to ask to be respected. Zero tolerance. Don't deal with nothing that you know is wrong. It's not going to make you feel positive on the inside. Mm-hmm. Fuck how everybody else feels. Truthfully. It's about you. Because most of the time when people interact with you inappropriately, it's just them trying to displace whatever they're going through onto you. Right. Projection. Mm-hmm. Zero tolerance whatsoever. And I had a problem with zero tolerance because you're naturally going to fix people because this is your profession. Mm-hmm. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance, Taya. Don't, don't deal with nobody. It's going to make you feel negatively like... Nobody. There's this idea that, oh, if you just deal with it at this level, when you get to the next level, you won't have to. Oh, no, no, no. Then you get to the next level, and it's the same thing. But that's only for a certain amount of time. Yes. You learn the lesson, and you move on. Mm -hmm. But it's zero tolerance. 
another thing is that that goes to that zero tolerance is zero tolerance financially. If they can't add add to you and they only subtract from you, then it's wrong. Get away from them. It causes burnout. Zero tolerance. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a zero tolerance policy on yourself to get away from burnout. Because if you burn out, you're not going to be able to take care of yourself. So and nobody it, else is going to pick you up. It's zero tolerance. And I can say this. As women who who are working hard in their careers, got their own jobs, it's okay to want a man with money. It's okay to want a man with his own shit. It's because okay. At this point, I've already done all the work. Now all I need is support. That's it. So, if I'm looking for you for support, whether that's emotional, financial, mental, I can't be with somebody who's taken away from me if I've been lacking for so long. I finally got to this point. All I want is more, not less. Not less. And especially if somebody, if they're not listening to how you're trying to help them, how you're trying to guide them in the right way, how you're trying to lead them to better outcomes, mm-hmm. you're burning yourself out. Because you're putting more into them than they're putting into themselves. Zero tolerance. None of it. Zero. When I learned zero tolerance, that's when I started getting myself back. And it's people like, will tell you that's unrealistic. People will tell you that zero tolerance is unrealistic and that you have to be able to deal and maintain and manage certain things. And I just don't feel like that's necessarily the truth. Mm-mm. There should be non-negotiables in your life. Zero I'm not going to deal with XYZ. And when XYZ presents itself, I just do not deal with it. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Because you know what a lot of us do? We ignore red flags. Them flags be red and flowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. And we just be like, mm, that look pink. I ignored a lot of it. <laughs> that look pink. <laughs> I don't think that flag red. <laughs> I just sat here and had a whole little little thing in my head like ah that look pink (laughs) I cannot (laughs) we gotta stop ignoring oh gosh oh my gosh I just had a whole little thing in my head like um that look pink (laughs) (laughs) I was so serious until you did that wait a second hold on that's what we was talking about, okay? We was talking about red flags. We got to stop ignoring <laughs> red flags. Zero tolerance. That's the problem that we all have. Another thing is uh, take care of you. Have to. Stop trying to take care of everybody else because you're a good person. That's or not- stop letting taking care of other people make you or make you feel like you're a good person. Because that's what we do it for a lot of people. <sighs> do it because they're like if i help people that makes me a good person and i'm just trying to strive to be a good person like no 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 taking care of yourself makes you a good person you can help oh my god tyra for real facts (laughs) you can't do things in order to try to prove you something to yourself you gotta take care of you let's say what a good person is Mm. A good person is good to themselves. First. First. Because I can't be good to you if I'm not good to me. That means you lack confidence in yourself and you're insecure. 
Because you're trying to get validation from somebody else that mm-hmm. I'm good, I'm yeah. good, I'm good. And somebody has to validate that. So even if they validate it and you believe it in that moment, what happens when the next person comes and invalidates it? Stop Does trying. that change your perception no, of that, yourself? No, it's going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up. It's going to make you become less of yourself. Stop trying to be good to people who don't want you to be good to them. Or don't care. Because that, that causes burnout. It's burnout. Because you're constantly pouring. Burnout looks to me like when you're pouring and you're pouring and you're pouring into a cup that has a hole in the bottom. And I keep saying this. It's an old, it's an old African saying. And I heard this before that says, you can't give someone clothes off your back and you're naked. Mm-hmm. How are you going to give them clothes and you're naked? You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't. What are you going to do? It's nothing in there. It's nothing in there. If you give somebody your skin, imagine this. You're naked and you're trying to give clothes. If you give them your skin... What would you have? Nothing. Nothing to protect none of your stuff on the inside. After the epidermis is gone, what do you have to protect your insides? Nothing. So you're going to get diseases. Your your flesh is going to get infected. You're going to get sick. I got sick. Mm-hmm. Burnout causes mental health problems just turn into physical health problems. That's it. It manifests itself. That's it. So how can you give someone something you don't have? You can't give somebody something that you don't have. For yourself. In my last relationship, I had that conversation. My ex would always say stuff like, I can love you even though I don't love me. Like, that's not true. I would never don't be know with somebody what love like looks that. Like. I would never be with somebody like that because... You don't know what love looks like. You can't tell me what it looks like, so how can you give it to me? What you're actually doing is just giving me everything that you've ever wanted and we both want the same thing so to me it looks like love but to you you're doing something completely different you're projecting what you need onto me so in turn it's making you feel like you're getting it as well Mm -hmm. when you could just give it to yourself that's it you don't need to get that from me that's it you have to get that from you and you know that's not healthy honestly and men men who love themselves more than they love you it never ends up healthy a lot of women don't have aggressive traits. Mm-hmm. But men naturally have aggressive traits. So when they get burnt out, they turn aggressive. I know it's true. They it's, happened in my, it's happened in my workspace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a guy who he's going through a whole lot right now. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely 110% burnt out. And he just interacts with the kids so poorly. Everything turns into aggression. Yeah. You say something, I'll put my hands on you period but that's part of masculinity or the way that masculinity has been perpetuated Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. i feel like some of the most masculine men that i have ever met are in tune with their feminine side and emotions so when you try to the woman's feminine side yes so Mm -hmm. when you get to starting to be oh (laughs) i just love men like that with that little feminine touch don't get me started yes sir with that little feminine touch i love men who, who who cater to femininity Men who are really sure themselves cater to femininity. Mm-hmm. And it always works good. more so in there. This is the dumbest thing I ever did was to get a nose ring. Yeah, it's going to heal. It's not even going to matter. You just oh got my it. gosh. And you got three. Says the person. Says the person who got three nose Says rings. Says the person with like. Three nose rings? Two ears. I have like 21 really? piercings. So. But like, I just love men who are in touch with their feminine side. Mm-hmm. But back to burnout. Like, even with you, like, I was dealing with a man like that and I could tell he was burnt out. Especially in these mental health facilities, you can really get burnt out. Yeah. And like, 
Because we both work in mental health facilities. Sweetheart, listen. Mm. I was dealing with a man that was burnt out. And he was coming to my house. This is how I knew he was burnt out. He came to my house trying to do, like, physical holds on me. I'm like, you're way too aggressive. Calm down. Do you not realize you're treating me like you treat the kids at work? It's time for you to go. You can leave. You can leave. Never invited him back. Because <laughs> who the fuck do you think I am? One of the kids you work with? I don't think that's my car. Okay. All right. That's what I was saying. But, like... <laughs> my nose bleeding. It's not okay. Oh, gosh. It's not going to keep bleeding. No, it's just a little bit. Just breathe. Maybe it's the wine. But, anyway, I'm so happy that I'm finally back in the CWE studio. I'm just so proud of myself. I feel so good to even have the strength to come up here. At first, I really did not have the strength to come up here. And now that I have the strength, I didn't have the strength to hang out with friends. Same. This is weirdly, this is my second bout of burnout. So I know how to deal with it better. But the first time I burnt out, I was in college. Mm. It was 2019. Mm -hmm. And we were going through the whole COVID thing. And Mm -hmm. one of my, uh, one of the pieces of my identity has always been that I am smart. Through and through and through, something that has never left me is that I am academically inclined. You're good. When I burned out, mm-hmm. my brain went. And that's how I knew something was wrong. Like, I saw no light at the end of the tunnel. I went from a 3.7 GPA, uh, SGA, WIST, all these accolades to 2 point something. I can't do nothing but shake my head, sis. I was in a bad relationship. I was struggling with my father. We went into COVID. I'm not an online student by any means. I'm like low on funds because I had lost one of my scholarships because the scholarship had run out of money. Like went down on my luck. If down on my luck was a person, down on it be me. Hey, you watch, you watch, you you watch. What's the what's the show called? (laughs) <laughs> the one this special yes. Down on my love. Come on now. Back, Back against the wind. <laughs> that was me. Trying to make it. Hey, dude. No way. For real. That was that was, that was that was that was okay. So my experience was so my experience was so traumatic. <laughs> like in real life. Uh-huh. I was no longer functional. Like, I talk about inertia all the time, but I'm like a biology major. Inertia just means, like, something can't stop moving or move without a force pushing it. Mm -hmm. And I was in complete and utter inertia. Like, I could not function. I could not move. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. I had hit the bottom. I noticed that in you when you were in college. I I think I was a senior, and you were were quite younger. Mm -hmm. I noticed that in you, though. But um, I am prone... I am prone to burnout and I am prone to depression. So I know that I but have you know to what? take care of me. Yeah. Naturally black. We are like, if you too many what? things start going wrong at the same time, uh-huh. I'm prone to like go from here to here in no time. And you know what? I think all black women, especially the ones who grew up without, um, a full family to help them in like, um, a father figure and stuff. We're prone to that. We're naturally prone. Cause I definitely have a father figure. Uh, my dad was having a baby. Um, I was trying to make it work with my ex-boyfriend, and it obviously was not working. Looking for love in the wrong places. Ooh. 
school was school went from being something that I knew I could do to something that I knew I could not do. Mm-hmm. It was everything was just wrong, and then I hit this bottom of the barrel, and it it started to become it would be easier if I didn't have to do this, and then I just decided I just wasn't. So assignments would come, and I just wouldn't do it. That, oh my so, god! Oh my god! Taking a bath would become. Oh, it was time to get in the shower. I'm like, mm, that don't that don't seem like a it priority. Was so hard. Doing your hair doesn't seem like a, nothing feels nothing like a priority feels like because a priority. I have to do what's necessary. All I have is the energy to do what I have to do. That's if it. I don't have to do it, I'm not gonna do it. I'm so cleaning my room that sounds like a choice to me. It was so putting on makeup that sounds like a choice That's to a me. Choice putting gas in my car that sounds like a choice to me because I, I ain't got nowhere to go. I do it later. And it just continued to spiral until I hit a place where I was completely isolated. It don't feel good. And I had to go to therapy. It don't feel good. I was in my therapist's office like, sir, I don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you all of my problems. You just give me some advice. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Up, down, left, right, in, out. Sir, I'm stuck. And I was stuck for so long. I almost... I don't think I've ever told you, Katie. I almost didn't graduate from college. Mm-hmm. I was about to drop out of doctorate school. I almost did not graduate. Mm-hmm. We got down to the last week. I had like five classes that I had not done like one assignment for. And one of my friends went to my uh, my chair. And she was like, Taya is struggling. Mm-hmm. That's is that there love- anything people that you like, can do? People like that really, really love you. And you know, your friend is such a great friend. Because like I couldn't say nothing for myself. I was too ashamed. It was too hurt. It was, I was too, like, it was too much to do. It with. wasn't even really hurt. It was just shame. It was like you've done all of all this, this to get to, to the get place to this that you're point at and, now and you not be able to finish. Yes. Like I'm at the finish line. Graduation is two weeks away. I feel you. And tell I you. can't do anything to and move I can't past do anything this moment. To get past this. And then you got all these people around you who know you when you weren't burnt out. Telling you, I know you can do it. I've seen you do it before. But you don't feel like I you can. I don't know what to do right now. Right. I'm telling you that I can't move forward. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. And nobody around you seems to understand because they're just like, do it. Do it. But I'm Get like, it done. But I'm like, I can't. I'm like, <laughs> like, do I y'all promise. know what this comes with? Like, you don't understand the amount of pressure that it feels like is on me right now. And the fact that I don't know if I can push through this and get the end result is crippling me right now. It's like, tell you, I kid you not. I talked to my professor about four or five days ago. And I told him, and recently, like two days ago, and I said, I was about to drop out. He said, no. He gave me the feeling that, no, you're not. He said, just turn your work in. Just turn your work in. Because doctorate school is so... It's different. Expensive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have spent all this money. And you can't make a C. I spent all this money. I have worked so hard. And I have to drop out. And I was like, I'm going to be the first doctor in my family. Mm-hmm. And I might not even reach this goal. That hurt me to the core. It's like everything I... That all of the preparation so I've done on the front end. And I can't complete it on the back end. Mm-hmm. It feels... It feels stupid. You start to question like everything. Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be doing it? Is this the right path? And it's like, your calling. That's why this it's so much, hard. this much pushback, and I struggle mm-hmm. with with comfort. Mm-hmm. 
somewhere in my mind is like if if you're supposed to be doing it it's supposed to have a level of comfort but what i have found is that all the things you're supposed to do are unnecessarily hard and discomfort and uncomfortable there and i don't push through discomfort because truthfully being abandoned teaches you a certain level of being able to quit it teaches you being abandoned makes me want to quit before something quits me so when things get hard my natural response is i should go do something else i don't think i'm supposed to be doing this i'm gonna go do something else and it becomes such a routine I, I do something, I burn out, I move on. I do something, I burn out, I move on. But am I coming to the source of why the burnout continuously happens? Because you're not, you're not focused. Because I'm on not that taking source. care of me. Taya, all I can say is I thank God I got through it majority of the time. Mm-hmm. And like, I just gotta do better with taking care of me. And it didn't feel good. Sometimes we be so out focused. It didn't feel good at all. And I'm happy I'm here in my studio because this is my pride and joy and being in the psychology field. Mm-hmm. And like, we just got to do better with taking care of us. So let's talk about some burnout prevention. Okay. Number one, zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Create a zero tolerance list. Whatever that was there that caused you to feel bad or caused you to feel like you burn out. You don't deal with it. Zero tolerance to that. Number two, start back focusing on things you love. Self-care. Drop everything that you feel that does not feel good to you. Pause on that for a minute. Focus on everything you love to do. Because you got to balance the good with the bad. You got to. One thing that I started back focusing on is painting. I love to paint. You remember my garage used to be an mm-hmm. art studio? I remember it used to be on live every day. I'm like, oh, KD, KD paint again. Let me turn in. But, yeah, like, my studio has spider webs all over it. Start back focusing on things that bring you joy. My things that bring me joy is creativity. I started back trying my best to focus on that, even with coloring with the kids at work. I tried to push myself back to that. I think where I started to fail in that sense was not not long after I got to my job, I started like dating somebody at my job, mm-hmm. and then like the things that I love to do, I always wanted to share it with that person. It started consuming you. Your so, drive consumed you. Yeah. So if they didn't do it with me, it was like I didn't have the drive to do That's it. That's how myself. it was in my relationship. One thing I could say about the relationship I was in, he woke me up in the morning. He he told me get up, let's go work out. Mm-hmm. Um, get up, let's cook breakfast together. And I think that's why I got so connected to him. Mm-hmm. Because I was Routine. like, in a way, he's helping me. But like the negativity, I didn't pay attention to that in him. He really wasn't a great person to be with. But the great side of him, that's the only thing I focused on. But you know, narcissistic people, are easy, it's easy for them to perpetuate it. Oh, I have all these bad attributes, but I'm going to figure out all of the most important things that you love. And I'm going to give you those things. So that it balances out the negative and you things know, that's that I what do. I paid attention to. And you get blind. It's and super easy. So, but when I got rid of him, it was so much... Late. Clarity. But you know, he wasn't a horrible person. He just wasn't for you. He just wasn't for me. And you know, it was just wasn't good for me. So, number three would be, get rid of everything that's not good for you. If it doesn't serve you, it gotta go. It gotta go. It has to be for you. It gotta be 100% for you. Not 80%, not 20%. 
It gotta not be ninety nine point nine one nine percent. It gotta be your stuff. It gotta be for you. A hundred percent for you. Not. I'm just doing this because it's enough. Because sometimes when we so low in the gutter, we want to just feel something. Mm-hmm. It got to be 100% for you. Um, I could say number four is create a list of things that feel good and go do them. If you used to getting your nails done, go do it. It's so much stuff that I stopped doing. Because you'll pick away things because it's convenient. Stop. Oh, I love getting my nails done, but I don't really have the time to go do it. I stopped doing so. I love shit. skating, but with my work schedule, I can't quite make it in. No, make it. You go, gotta, go you do gotta it. do it anyway. It's not even your work schedule because you only work six or seven, eight hours a day. It's you just not doing it because you're really burnt out. Mm-hmm. So like, I used to love to skate. I used to love to go out with friends. I stopped doing that. Me too. Um, I love to read. I stopped reading. Same. Go do things that you love to do. Because that's important. Every time. I stopped doing stuff I loved. Um, And I could say number five could be talk to someone. You got to. Talk to someone. Preferably a paid professional. Because all advice ain't good advice. It's not. I learned that the hard way. People have all these solutions for you. And it sounds really good coming out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. But is it good for the long term? Mm -hmm. Is this a realistic, long-term solution for the problem that I have? And you know what? Make sure it's a paper. Because all paid professionals are not good. Yes. So make sure it's someone you can connect with. But talk to someone that really understands where you're coming from. And I had to do that, too. I had to go to mentors. I had to go to people. I had to really sit down and be like, I need to talk to somebody because I'm just not there. It's a fight. It is. It's a dog fight. It's a fight. Fighting yourself is something. A mental fight is so much harder than a scar. You just scar your knee, it heals in a couple of weeks. But a mental fight, hardest thing ever. And I tell people all the time that being mentally abused leaves a scar longer than it does of being physically abused. Right. And like, um, the last thing I can say is find peace. If it doesn't bring you peace, you got to get rid of it. I, I stopped talking to my whole family. Don't get me started. When I went to therapy, Katie, I realized a lot of my attributes came from a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And my connection to those people only exacerbated those behaviors. And it's the fact that you love them so dearly. And you feel like because they're family, it's perpetuated to us that if it's family, it's okay. It's okay. But that's not okay. It's not. And you love them so much. You want to spend all the time. But it's not It's not giving you what you need. What the greatness you need. So I say, get rid of stuff that don't serve you. Go where you're celebrated and not talking. Mm. Being celebrated. Being thing. rewarded. Feeling, not only feeling good about yourself, but also having the people around you make you feel good about you. Right. Because it's not necessarily that I need you to make me feel good about me, but it's nice to have somebody reinforce what I already feel. Right. And not people who you say, I'm not feeling well mentally, and they say, you'll be all right. You ain't this. You ain't. Go where people say, take a break. I understand. How can I help you? How can I help you? Maybe you should see it there. How can I? Yeah. Because I hit all my friends with that. Hey, I know, I see you're going through something big right now. 
I don't necessarily have what you need to be able to be better, but I'm telling you that a paid professional can help you. Yeah. Seek out some form of help. Some help. And the last final thing I want to say is a healthy life does exist. You got to fight for it, though. It exists. It's not going to be 100% perfect, but it does exist. I saw a post somewhere on Instagram. It was like, being single is hard. Being alone is hard. Pick your heart. Pick your heart. Being happy is hard. Being sad is hard. Pick your heart. Right. Everything is going to come with its challenges. But you should want to work harder for the more positive thing. For you. That's why self-love needs to always come into play. And we sometimes take self-love as only being material. That's it. No. Self-love goes beyond being material. Sometimes I go sit on the bench in the middle of nowhere and look at the water and just think. And that'd be the best self-care ever. That'd be the best self-care. Because you get some level, you get levels of clarity that you didn't know that you could have by just sitting and just thinking yourself through your problems. It's so much that I missed out on that myself, that kind of self-care, for instance. Meditation throughout the week. I used to do it all the time. Prayer throughout the week. Going to church. It's so much that I stopped doing. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't feel like you had the energy. I didn't have it. I didn't have it in me. Burnout makes you not have the energy to do the more simple things. Simple stuff I can do. Stuff that's not required. Sometimes self-care don't feel like it's required, but it is. We'll put self-care on the back burner as a thing that's not required because going to work is required to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Because putting gas in your car is required to drive it. We forget that self-care is required for me to be able to do all of these things. But you got to gotta force yourself not force you just have to do it and that's when all the everything will come back to mm-hmm. you just try it just do it because and- truthfully i didn't know if i wanted to be here today mm-hmm. i sat in the mirror and i did my makeup and i'm like oh i could just lay here and do nothing but no i was gonna keep calling but i was like pop up. <laughs> i was <laughs> like if i want to move from where i'm at i gotta i be, have to do something i gotta take the first step. i gotta take a first step so Write down a list of great things that you want to do that you have already done and try to do them every week. Mm-hmm. And you will get back to yourself. Just try. And get, first, get rid of the stuff that don't matter. Get rid of stuff that don't benefit get you, that don't serve you. Get rid of it. It don't matter how much you say, I got to do this because it's proving a point. I One ain't of proving my no, shops, I'm getting rid I'm of. I'm not proving a point to nobody. One of my shops, even though I love, I'm getting rid of. Because it's not healthy to have it right now. It'll come back if it's me. So a lot of stuff I got rid of. So like, get rid of stuff that cause that just brings extra stress. Get rid of it. Stop proving other points mm-hmm. to other people. Get rid of extra stress. I don't have to prove a point to anyone. Right. The only points that I should be proving are those that are mine individually. Right. I remember when I was getting ready to graduate from college, I graduated valedictorian in my high school class, but I graduated cum laude when I left Valley. The lowest of honors. Barely, you barely scraped up. That's and no. inside Honey, of me, I didn't even graduate cum laude. Okay. <laughs> the inside right. of me, so I was like, that. inside of me, I'm like, all these people gonna hear that I was just average, mm. that I was just regular, that I was just normal. You gotta, gonna, you gotta give yourself grace. I gotta give myself. So grace. that's another thing we can say: give yourself grace, because perfection is unrealistic. It's not realistic. And go with the flow. So if we go back through with the three main things. Get rid of stuff that don't serve you that and that doesn't don't serve you. matter. The 80-20 rule, look that up, it's important. 
um, 80% of results comes from 20% of what you do. Mm. So do the 20% that matters Mm -hmm. and that 80% will come. So get rid of stuff that don't serve you. That's the first one. 80-20 rule. Find a list of things that you love to do after that and go back to doing them. Take care of you. It's even all if you can only do one thing with you. you. It's all about you. And then the last And that's not thing, even being vain. And that's take care that's of you. It's just prioritized. Right. It's all about you. What do you love? And then the last thing is we're naturally human humanitarian, humanistic people and humanitarian humanitarians. So therefore, take care of people who want to be mm. taken care of. Oh, you said something. Not the ones who disrespect what you're trying to do for them, but people who want this to be taken care of. That's why I think I struggle of. with my job now because don't all the energy that I'm putting in is the people who don't necessarily want it. But the but but take care of people who want to mm-hmm. be taken care of. And only the people who really don't want it or don't know yet. Feed them with a long head spoon. They'll yes. come eventually. But, like, take care of people who want to be taken care of. So, let's go through those three again. Um, the first one was to give rid of stuff. Be honest with people that serve you. Yeah. Get rid of stuff that does not serve you. Mm-hmm. It's all about you. And then the second one was um, get rid of people who don't take care of you. Shit. Y'all probably had to look at the recording again. Uh, the second one was... Uh, um, take care of people who want to be taken care of. That was the third one. And I forgot the second one. Um, I think it was only what, what it was. Take care of people who want to take care of you. I think that's what I think that was what it was. Take care of the people that want to be taken care of. That was the third one. But anyways, y'all heard it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, it was create a list of things. Oh, yeah, that you love to do and do them. Okay, so let's start over. So the first one was get rid of stuff that doesn't serve you. Mm-hmm. Pardon us. Um, create a list of things that you love to do and start doing them. You got to start somewhere. And the last one is take care of people who take care of you. Or who want to be taken care of. Yes. And that's you can when pour you, all of your energy into a cup. But if it's a hole in the bottom, it's only going to leak it's out. It's not going to work. And that's when you will start getting back to yourself. So let's go through those three again. Get rid of things that don't serve you. Yep. Because it's all about you. Create a list of things that you love to do and start back doing them. Mm-hmm. And take care of people who only want to be taken care of. Other than that. Everything else has to go. Well, this was a great conversation to it today. What do you think? It was. I think that we said a lot of very important things. I feel like we touched on a lot of topics, how burnout is created, how to try to get back from it, how relationships are impacted by it, how it can turn into depression. I feel like the conversation was very useful not only to us two but to the people who are listening right so i hope that it's extremely helpful to you all Mm -hmm. i hope that you can take something from this and implement it and overall i hope you take those three things and you try to implement them Mm -hmm. so that if you are going through burnout if you ever experience burnout that you are able to use those at least three things to try to find yourself and come back absolutely well i'm khadiji von my name is taya hayes (laughs) 
<laughs> and this is another episode of Conversations with Yvonne. <laughs> and thank you all for tuning in. Happy Mental Health Awareness Month. Please continue to pay attention to Conversations with Yvonne Network. Your girl Yvonne is back after burnout. Thank God that I am just energized and getting back to myself. How about this? I'm going to do affirmations. I am myself again. Take care of yourself. Love yourself. Love those around you who want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And make sure you do things that you love every single day. Do the profession you love. Do not work a job you hate. Don't do it. Because you're inevitably going to burn out. Right. Work and do things that you love. That you love. Only do things that serve you. That's it's it. not only people. It's only do things that serve you. All right. I'm Khadija Yvonne. And this is Taya. And thank you for...